Hey everyone, and welcome to the Spec Tennis Podcast. Today I have a very special episode with friend Ricardo Marcatulli, who is uh, a tennis coach in Weston, Florida, which is South Florida. He's also a Spec Tennis ambassador, and he's been really instrumental in the growth and evolution of Spec Tennis. Now, before we bring Ricardo on, I just want to tell you a quick story. I was on the phone with Ricardo uh, sometime last year, and he said, you know, Nate, we've been playing spec tennis doubles with all four players back, having all four players back behind the baseline until the server strikes the ball creates a higher quality of play, right? It allows the point to last a little bit longer. And so I got off that phone call with Ricardo and I thought, wow, I think, I think we need to make a rule change here. And so the four back rule that you see in spec tennis was really created by Ricardo. Um, he's also been very instrumental in creating the first ever U.S. Open, which we are planning for December of this year. And so, Ricardo, welcome to the podcast, and thanks for joining today. Hi, Nate. It's an honor to be here uh, talking to you. Uh, <clears throat> we have been playing uh, spec tennis down here in South Florida for about a year now, and uh, we really enjoyed it. Uh, we would play every day if we had the courts available. Um, as I have mentioned to you in the past, uh, our challenge here has been the lack of available uh, pickable courts. For some reason, pickable uh, has grown by leaps and bounds here in, in our area, and it's very hard to get any uh, court time. So we're working on finding some tennis courts that would allow us to have the uh, pickable court lines uh, draw uh, permanently on the court and uh, and use removable nets so we can uh, keep growing the uh, game down here. That's great. But you've also mentioned, too, that the, the great work you've done with the pickleball groups. And so this is you know something that you you can take one of two pathways. You can't get court time with with a pickleball group because they're they're taking up a lot of the court time. And, you know, there's no way to, to go around it and reserve courts with the city. Um, you can either you know, take the high road, which is work with the pickleball group, or you can, you know, create conflict with them. And you've done a great job of, you know, getting together with the pickleball groups in Western Florida and lobbying the city uh, for more courts to be built. You, in fact, you sent me photos of you marching in the parade with a banner that said Weston pickleball and spec tennis. And I think this really sets a great example for the city or municipality um, showing them that these courts that they built are getting used by multiple different groups. And it makes the argument a lot stronger um, to build more courts. And you've kind of successfully lobbied for more courts to be built in the future. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right now, we only have four pickable courts, uh, public courts, I should say, in our area in Western. Um, it's not a, a big city. We have about... Um, but population is about 70,000 people. And um, so it's, it's, they're not enough. And we lobby hard to get more courts built. And uh, they're already um, building four more as we, as we speak. Uh, they should be ready by mid-April. Um, so we'll have a total of eight uh, public courts uh, here in Western. Um but yes, when we first started playing spec tennis uh, in the uh, pickable courts, the pickable crowd uh, fought us um, 
uh, tooth and nail. They would not want us to play. They felt that we were invading their courts and um, we had to resort to um, the uh, city uh, to persuade them to change the uh, signage uh, uh, saying that they would allow uh, spec tennis as well on, on the public courts. And uh, after having uh, over uh, 25 people uh, signing up a petition, the city uh, uh, decided that uh, uh, the courts should be available for spec tennis as well. They changed the signage. And then the pickable um, crowd uh, let their guard down and we started playing. But it's still, they have... Uh, every weeknight, they have 40, 50 people show up to play pickable early. And by the time that we get there, it's impossible to get a, uh, any court time. So um, we'll see how it turns out after uh, the four new courts are open. Uh, but I, um, I'm already looking at trying to get uh, some uh, tennis courts that are not being used, or I should say they're underutilized, uh, to see if we could play spec tennis on those. Uh, that way, uh, we'll have uh, plenty of uh, available courts. Uh, and that's the only thing that has actually prevent us from growing the uh, game uh, uh, faster down here. <clears throat> if we had the courts, we could probably triple the amount of people that are currently playing uh, down here easily. Well, that's great. Well, I appreciate your, your perseverance and I, I have total confidence that you guys are going to figure out a solution and get more courts built, but also find places to play in the, in the interim. Um, let's, let's go back to the beginning a little bit. Can we talk about um, what's your racket sports background before coming to spec tennis? I, uh, I play uh, competitive uh, tennis as a junior in um uh, South America in, in Venezuela. And um, I came um, to the uh, U.S. on a tennis scholarship to play at a college in uh, Alabama. And, uh, and then after that, I've been teaching tennis part-time on and off for uh, over 25 years or so. And um, now um, I'm currently uh, still teaching but I have also another business on the side. And so I teach only mostly at night and I'm looking into ways to monetize uh, uh, spec tennis so I can teach less uh, tennis and enjoy more spec tennis. Wow. That's great. So you came from, uh, grew up playing tennis, came from Venezuela, played college tennis in the U S and then mm -hmm. uh, began teaching. And then how did you actually discover spec tennis? Um, Watching uh, YouTube, um, I watch. Uh, I think it was one of your videos, and um, it caught my eye. And I, uh, my girlfriend is a tennis player as well, and uh, I show her the video, and and she said, "Ah, we gotta try this." And so, right away, I placed an order on your website for two or four paddles. I don't remember, and. Um, uh, we got the paddles uh, just in time before we went on a vacation to um, 
uh, Sanibel, which is not too far from where we are. It's an island of the Gulf, uh, Gulf uh, of Mexico uh, coast. And uh, we found some uh, public pickable courts there and we started playing and enjoyed a lot. And I say, well, we have to get some uh, of our friends to play. Uh, so we ordered, I think it was uh, 10 paddles. And so we could have enough for everyone to uh, test uh, spec tennis and people enjoy it. And, and right away, everyone wanted to have their own paddle and start buying the paddles uh, from me. So the game just uh, started uh, multiplying here. And within three months, we had about 70 people playing. Um, unfortunately, we lost uh, steam because the lack of available courts, um, people wanted to play on weeknights and it was hard getting court time. So um, the uh, original 70 people plus that were um, playing on a regular basis now it's down to about maybe 25 to 30 people. But I think that once we solve the uh, court availability issue, we're going to grow by leaps and bounds again. Yeah, I think so, especially if the, the players had a great experience before. They, it's not going to be hard to convince them to come back once you have more available court time. Absolutely. Um, did you find that um, some of these players that you you introduced to the sport early on were these players that you would play tennis with, or did you find that they were players that maybe didn't play tennis, but then they were able to play spec tennis? Uh, good question. I say about eighty percent uh, were uh, tennis players, current and former tennis players, and about twenty percent first timers never played tennis before, and but because they found it um, easy to get a rally going from the very first day. They enjoyed, they, they, they had a lot of fun and they, some of them are still playing and um, they, they are some of the most uh, gung-ho um, players uh, in, in, the, uh, in our group. Um, so we have all sorts of levels. We have uh, some guys that have played uh, college tennis and, as a matter of fact, we have one guy that uh, is currently playing on the uh, ATP uh, professional tennis tour uh, that uh, occasionally plays with us. Um, and, uh, and, and then we have some uh, beginners that uh, are having a lot of fun. That's great. And what, what would you describe? Uh, how would you describe the demographic of players uh, in terms of age? What would you say the age range is? Um, uh, mostly. Uh, the the uh, people that are playing on a regular basis uh, fall into uh, 35 years old to 55, maybe 60 years old. Um, so it's a wide range. Uh, we have a few kids, but it's mostly adults. And uh, I say probably 60% are male, 40% female players in our area. Um, and uh, I think that um, as we grow uh, and as we find more courts available, uh, we'll we'll see more kids uh, playing. Uh, it, it's a it's a great sport for uh, kids that wanted to start playing tennis, 
and use spec tennis as a tool to uh, learn learn all the basics and then move on to tennis. I think that what will probably happen is most of them will enjoy so much uh, spec tennis that possibly will stick with uh, spec tennis, even if they pick up uh, uh, tennis uh, eventually. That's great. Thanks for that thorough description of the demographic. That's uh, that's helpful to know um, throughout the country what what players are like. Um, what would you say your do you have a formula for how you grow grew your group so quickly? Um, you started off just getting the ten paddles and then mentioning it to your friends, come out and try it. But how did you how did you frame the conversation? Did you say, "Hey, come out and try this new sport"? Did you did you give them a lot of details? Um, what would you say was your formula for success? Some people um, that I knew were uh, taking lessons from me uh, started playing spec tennis initially with me, and they brought their friends. And so it really started multiplying exponentially the uh, number of people that uh, by word of mouth uh, uh, heard uh, about spec tennis. And... Then we had also a um, an article uh, about spec tennis uh, pub- published in a local magazine, and that um, also caught the attention of uh, a few people that uh, contacted me by email or uh, by phone, and uh, they came out and started playing with us. And then uh, we also provided an opportunity for adults, uh, first-timers, to try spec tennis through a, a free one-hour group lesson. Um, we did it a few times, and uh, that also uh, brought, brought out some people. Um, and like I say, um, a lot of them are still uh, playing uh, after a year, and, and, I th- and I think that some of the ones that, um, have uh, stopped playing um, recently. We'll come back once we have a more court time. That's great. So the so the whole thing pretty grew pretty organically, um, and then a little exposure in the magazine. But then, um, would you say that a high percentage of the players that came to your free introductory one hour lesson then they joined your regular playing group and, and started coming on a regular basis? Right. Uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's what happened. They, uh, they uh, bought the paddle, and once they uh, buy the paddle, usually they're more engaged and uh, more um, excited about coming out and, and, and meeting people and, and playing. One of the things that uh, they seem to enjoy uh, a lot is the social aspect of uh, spec tennis because we, when we play um, – we don't really um, divide the groups by uh, rating or, or divisions. We pretty much uh, mix up all the levels uh, and uh, people seem to enjoy that. And it's very social. We, we keep rotating after every set. And, and so everyone gets to know everyone in the group. And sometimes we are, um, somewhere between 16 and 20 people out there playing simultaneously. And um, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a great opportunity to also meet new people. And, and I, I know that some people are looking forward uh, the weekend. We, we only play now mostly uh, on Saturday evenings because it's the, the only time that we can get uh, 
more than two or three courts available. And so um, people, because we're only playing uh, once a week on a regular basis, uh, they look forward uh, the whole week uh, for their spec tennis game. Wow, that's great to hear. And, and uh, really great about keeping the, the fun in it and not necessarily segregating the levels. Um, like you see so many um, examples of that in tennis and even in pickleball. Now, I think pickleball was this very social inviting sport. But then once it, I've, I've witnessed this where once it grows to a certain size, then they start dividing it up by level and only a certain level can come at a certain time. And I think that that starts to take a lot of the social aspect out of it, take some of the fun out of it. So I'm glad that you're really Uh, really welcoming to all level players. I mean, if you're an advanced player and you're, you're playing with a beginning level player, I think that you're enjoying the experience of being out on the court. Um, It's not necessarily the type of thing where you feel like you're not having a good experience because you're playing with somebody who's at a lower level than you. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Um, I think that uh, as the uh, game grows and we uh, play uh, more tournaments and leagues, uh, this may be a, a, an unavoidable result of the uh, of, of growing uh, spec tennis. Uh, eventually, uh, there may be uh, people may be more aware of their rating, and then they want to play with people of uh, similar. Uh, skill level and that's uh, very natural I, I, I don't know when will that happen but it's possible that it could happen but nevertheless people will still uh, uh, socialize uh, when we get together we even if we were to um, play by uh, ratings uh, people still uh, have fun uh, together um, and and because it's right now relative to pickleball a small crowd um, we still know each other by on a first name basis and uh, everybody uh, it's very friendly to everyone in the group that's great and I think eventually if we could still keep the essence of having that open play feel where people feel like they're they were brought up through the ranks by someone who was more advanced than them. And then they're kind of paying that forward. And so they're participating still in, in an open play setting where there might, they might be the best player in the group, but they still come back every week. And then there's other opportunities for them to play at their level. There's tournaments and leagues and other um, different types of meetups that are more at their level, but they haven't abandoned uh, the original social open play that they started out with. Yeah, I've seen it more and more uh, in in spec tennis, and uh, you don't see that same atmosphere uh, in tennis. Uh, In tennis, there are so many more levels, and uh, it it makes a a big difference between a a beginner and intermediate player. Uh, There may be several ratings in between, and uh, people, um, uh, tennis players are usually uh, less prone to play with a lower level uh, player um, than in spec tennis. Uh, so, so spec tennis is definitely a more uh, social sport, in my opinion, than tennis. 
Agreed, especially when you um, you remove the overhand serve and the ability to and hit a very f- powerful forehand like you see in tennis. Um, it, mm-hmm. it neutralizes the the higher level players. Um, Absolutely. Oh, I wanted to uh, to bring up a couple more things that Ricardo has done. Um, a couple more things that you've done behind the scenes that uh, people might not know about, and that is really help uh, create the rating system, which. Um, not everybody might know about yet, but we have an S1, S2, S3 rating system, and this is going to be helpful once we start forming leagues and once we have a few tournaments, we can start dividing people up into categories. And so you really thought that out well, and we worked together to uh, to create that, but it was really your idea to come up with a very simple rating system, um, kind of get away from the USTA tennis model where they have the number uh, so many different numbers and it's divided up by... Uh, by gender, but going here more just a level-based rating. Um, I think that's going to be huge for the future. And then if you don't know about it already, uh, the spec tennis app. So Ricardo introduced me to the software developer for the spec tennis app and this idea of everybody getting on the spec tennis app and forming clubs uh, to be able to build the spec tennis community. I thought that was huge for the growth of the sport. If you don't know about the app, go to app.spectennis.com and check it out. And uh, you can get a free trial on the app. And then after that, it's $7 per year. Um, and being on there is really going to help the growth of the sport, uh, both Ricardo and I think, because it will allow you to match up with other players and other clubs in the country. So in, let's say I'm traveling through Florida and I want to know where I can play spec tennis. Well, if I'm on the app, I can contact Ricardo and the South Florida spec tennis group and find out when they're playing and um, reach out to him and ask him if I can join him uh, this coming Saturday, if I'm going to be passing through the area. So I just wanted to commend you on all this other stuff behind the scenes that you're doing that uh, people probably don't know about. Well, this, this was a great initiative because uh, um, I think that uh, one of the biggest barriers uh for the untapped uh, market is mostly access to the uh, courts and a peer group to play with. And so that phone app uh, that connects people looking for a spec tennis game and a, and, and a place to uh, place to play uh, map. Um, it, it really um, helps uh, prospective players find a spec tennis group nearby. Uh, that's, that's a really good initiative. A really um thing that uh what you've been so open-minded uh to uh make changes when necessary and and uh take on uh this challenge uh, uh it, it has and it will keep uh uh helping grow the game uh, uh fast uh as you have and and i have um also looked at um, things that could accelerate the growing rate of uh, this game. And, and, and I think there's no magic formula to get spec tennis on an upward trajectory. It's, but um, maybe a combination of initiatives uh, should be considered to, to grow our game uh, successfully. Um, and the, the app, definitely, it's a great tool uh, for that. And But Perhaps other initiatives like um, maybe exhibiting a, a spec tennis a, at a large ATP tennis tournament, such as the Miami Open or Indian Wells or Cincinnati, 
would expose the, our sport to a large number of people. Um, uh, what other things? Uh, like having our tournament finals broadcast by an online channel such as uh, For the Fan. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, they they uh, broadcast a lot of uh, pickable uh, tournaments. Uh, it's a streaming um, channel for mostly non-mainstream sports. And, you know, we, we could create a lot of exposure uh, to our sport if we had uh, some tournaments uh, uh, broadcast on one of these uh, streaming channels. Um, and another thing that uh, I think that could help um, uh, recruit uh, younger generations is a program like similar to cardio tennis. Um, I don't know what could be called because I know that cardio tennis is a registered um, name. Uh, it's, it's a trademark, but something that would incorporate spec tennis skills into a boot camp style workout. Um, I think that would appeal to new entrants in their 30s and 40s. And this could be a good alternative for those people that are more motivated to exercise uh, when doing so outdoors and, and, and playing a game. Uh, that, that could also draw large numbers. I know cardio tennis has been uh, very successful. They have about uh, last stat that I read a couple of years ago, they have 1.2 million participants across the U.S., that's more than the entire sport of squash in the, in the U.S. Um, and, and I think that spec tennis could offer a workout as intense as uh, cardio tennis, but it would be much less technically uh, driven. So, so that, that, those initiatives uh, could help accelerate the uh, growth uh, of uh, spec tennis. And then also, I think that we should uh, uh, try to organize more uh, spec tennis tournaments and, and leagues to satisfy the uh, competitive nature of uh, most players. And uh, with that in mind, uh, we're working on the um, organization of the uh, uh, first uh, uh, U.S. Open, uh, which is uh, scheduled uh, for the first first week of uh, uh, December. And uh, as you have uh, pointed out we were working on it we did uh had it we we had to cancel it uh this part uh this past uh, uh march uh because of um uh, sorry we, it was uh, originally scheduled for this past february unfortunately because of uh, covid uh, we uh, had to cancel it but um, um we're working hard on getting more sponsors to have even a, a bigger tournament uh, for this coming December. Those are all fantastic ideas, Ricardo. And um, I'm Thank you. especially excited about the U S open because I saw all the work that you and um, Anthony Allen, who's another ambassador in Weston, Florida have put yes. into organizing this tournament uh, with you being the tournament director and Anthony being behind the scenes, just doing everything you could think of to put together an amazing event um, yes, thank and, uh, thank you for mentioning Anthony. He, I, I couldn't do it without him. He's been instrumental. Uh, he's uh, uh, the guy that uh, gets uh, things done, and without his help, uh, it would be uh, 
uh, nearly impossible to 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 do all all that uh, we're doing for to get this uh, tournament uh, happen. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Anthony. If you're listening to this, um, but yeah, I've seen all the work that went on behind the scenes to get the tournament ready for February, and so I'm really. I can really tell it's going to be an incredible event um, when it happens in December and uh, all those other ideas. It'll be a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait. And uh, no, we've been friends for a year now, at least. And uh, I've never Mm -hmm. met you in person though. I've seen you on, on video, video calls, et cetera, but I can't wait to actually be out there and meet you in person and get on the call with you. So absolutely. um, Likewise. All great ideas you have, especially the cardio tennis one. Um, I think that, Cardio tennis is very successful and is a great initiative, but even, even so, when you mentioned, you know, we're going to go out and do tennis, that still it could be a turnoff for some people. They see that big court, but if you simplify it even more and it's a, it's more a spec tennis boot camp, and maybe you don't even have the name spec tennis in there. Um, I think that could be very successful in attracting a lot of people that have never been out to the tennis court before, but they can, they can manage to do this because the, the learning curve is going to be a lot uh, not as steep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I foresee uh, a program like that to be as successful as our cardio tennis, if no more. Well, I'll let you go today, Ricardo, but thanks so much for being on the spec tennis podcast. You provided some, some great insight. And once again, it's always amazing to talk to you, uh, whether it's just on a phone call or in a more formal setting like this. And, um, Look forward to chatting to you again soon. And I hope the listeners enjoyed today hearing Ricardo's perspective on how he's really grow, helped grow spec tennis in Western Florida, South Florida. Um, he's done, done an amazing job with it. And I think your, your passion for this sport and your, your willingness to grow the game, I'm just really thankful and grateful for that. Well, thank you so much, uh, Nate, uh, for uh, creating uh, and, and promoting uh, this uh, wonderful sport that we all enjoy. Um, it, it, it's, it's an honor uh, talking to you. And uh, I hope that uh, the uh, people that are listening, we can uh, grow this game and, and becoming um, very popular. And, and we can all uh, enjoy uh, many tournaments to come. Thanks again, Ricardo. You've been listening to the Spec Tennis Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to catch you on the next episode. If you'd like more information about Spec Tennis, head to spectennis.com. There is also an application that you can become an ambassador if you fill out that application at the top of the page, or you can learn more about what becoming an ambassador is like. 